Radio 3, and she sells Sanctuary, 14 past 10, time to say hi to Steve Fines. Morning, comrade. Good morning, good morning, comrade. I am comrade number one, you're comrade number two. Absolutely. Or Tavarish, as we used to say in the Tavarish. old Soviet Union. Yep, henceforth, <laughs> that's the way we should or be addressing Tungsi, as we say in these parts. Loads going on today. Uh, Let's start going with the murder on. mystery, shall we? Yes, so, uh, well, well. Without the um, murder, mystery, <laughs> The murder mystery without the murder. So here we have this, this case of Howard Lamb, who says... Uh, he's a, a senior member of the Democratic Party. Says he was abducted, abducted, abducted by mainland agents, taken over the other border, roughed up, uh, including being stapled in the stomach, and dumped on a beach in Sai Kung. He is now being charged with misleading the police because they say the story is a whole load of cock, and um, uh, you know he was spending his time elsewhere while he claims to have been there. Now, there are many, many aspects of this story which are weird. Let's start with the police. Now, when um, the seven, sorry, the five booksellers uh, disappeared in 2005, mm -hmm. the police responded with, with, with enormous speed to that and uh, issued a statement. As far as we know, they did nothing. If they did anything, they did it in a very low-profile way. Earlier this year, in February, we had the abduction outside the Four Seasons Hotel. Again, allegedly by mainland agents of this businessman. Um, or bloke speaking Mandarin, basically. Because we don't know the We don't know. Yeah. We, I'm saying allegedly. We don't allegedly. know. We, we don't know this. But this was of Xiao Xinhua. Now, yet again, the police may or may not have investigated it vigorously. We don't know. In the case of Howard Lamb, from the first minute... There were leaks, so-called leaks, from the police investigation uh, mounting to avalanche level. Yesterday, they sent 50 officers to a Saikung beach to see if they could find evidence to confirm or, or not confirm Lamb's story about being dumped there. 50 officers. A nice day, now, remember, this is... This is um, and the police have been freely speaking about it. I mean, normally... Normally, you hear nothing from the police. It is extraordinary the amount of manpower that has been devoted to this incident. Now, I mean, you can tell how serious it is as a crime because the tariff for, for, for conviction starts at a fine of $1,000. I mean, for what Howard Lamb is charged for, misleading the police, it starts at $1,000 and goes up to a maximum, maximum uh, penalty of six months in jail. So... This is being treated as a major crime of enormous proportions, at least the same proportions as a murder. Something is not right about this. Then we go to the question of Howard Lamb himself. Now, Howard Lamb is, I think it's fair to say, is a troubled man. He's, he's a controversial figure within the Democratic Party. He, he, he tried to um, obtain positions on the executive committee and a lot of people... Uh, kicked him back because they thought he was a bit of Lulu. Um, and, you know, he, he obviously has his supporters. He had the Democratic Party defending him. They may well come to regret that. I don't know. But there is something strange about Howard Lamb. I'll just say that without saying whether what he alleges happened to him did or didn't happen. The balance of probability is probably that it didn't happen. And then we have this strange thing. Of all the, the, what I now call the weasel 
the weasels who 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 jump up and down in newspapers and indeed on live radio and say, "Oh, you see, 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 told He's you, a told you." No, 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 not that. They <laughs> said, oh, "Oh, this is uh, this is uh, very damaging to the uh, credibility of the Democrats, isn't it?" I mean, you know, I don't see how they dare show their faces in public again. Now, just a week before, you have an arrest of a major league. Hungy Cook member in a triad crackdown, a member of the Hungy Cook who was very prominent in Lan Chung Ying's election campaign and indeed um, holds uh, uh, office in district councils, etc., etc. Apparently, this doesn't reflect on the pr- credibility of the pro government camp. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, there may well be a wild card somewhere in the Democrat camp. Mm-hmm. And members of the Democrat camp may have been a bit foolish, I put that mildly, in accepting at face value everything he told them. But, you know, if that is so, look at the wild cards on the other side of the fence. I mean, my my view is that, that in politics, you have people who are far from imperfect, and that's an exclusive. You'll never hear that anywhere else. Let's put this into a realm where we can discuss it. Let's say, if this were a movie... Howard Lamb would be a double. <laughs> he would be. He would be. So you know, I mean, you, 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 you. I, I'm, I'm a great fan of John Le Carre, as any right-thinking person would be. And you think of George Smiley sitting there, and he says, "You know, gentlemen, what we have to think about is who benefits from this. Is it the obvious beneficiaries, or um?" <laughs> So who benefits from this? Well, it sure as hell isn't the Democrats who benefit from this. No. It's probably not Howard Lamb who, Democrat, uh, who, who benefits from this, unless some sort of strange arrangement was made with him. So, I mean, the suspicion must lurk. And honestly, there is no evidence. So, you know... Of course one, not, but everybody's talking one, about One doesn't it. put it higher than the level of suspicion, but the suspicion lurks that there is a hell of a lot more to this than, than, than meets the eye. Yeah. And, I mean, it is... A, I mean, by any standards, this is a very strange sequence of events. And it's, I think, the way the police have responded to it makes it that much stranger. Because mm. normally you know, wasting police time or providing false information to the police results in a couple of officers having a very stern word with a bloke in in an interview room or a lady in an interview room and saying, right, we're dragging you up in front of the magistrate, you're done, son. This seems to have mobilised manpower in in quite extraordinary ways. That's very, very, very interesting to me. You can see a couple of extremes here. One is, poor old Howard needs a few days off. The other one is... <laughs> He's in hospital at the moment, well, exactly. Yes. And the other one is, I mean, purely in a parallel universe, somebody somewhere has engineered something quite brilliant. Yeah, well, if 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 so, if if George Smiley is to be believed, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm totally thinking that way, yeah. as I'm sure everybody is. Yeah, there's a lot of chat on that uh, about that. But I mean, I I I think um, if you just um, how should I put this? If you, if you just accept the cock-up theory of history, yeah. which which is a pretty good guiding line, and you just say, you know, this bloke's a Lulu, the Democrats got caught short. And the police pounced on this as a great opportunity to to prove that they were active in cases of abduction. Now, the cases of real abduction, we still don't know what happened with the police in, investigation into the disappearance of Mr. Shaw. We still don't know, incidentally, what is the result of the police investigation into the disappearance of the five booksellers. And that was two years ago. Hmm. No, am I exaggerating? Yes, it was. It was two years ago. 
So, you know, it's funny how they, they, they have the resources and they have the manpower and they have the leakability. And the leakability in this case has been, you know, to an extent that every time the police show up to look at something, there's a picture. How do people know that the police are going to be showing up on a cycling beach at 11 o'clock yesterday? Hmm, maybe somebody in the police force told the media that. Hmm. Smoke screens and stuff. I think, yeah, I think we we are everybody's sort of in the world in the world of smoke. I mean, the a little prob- bit here, I, su- I suppose the bottom line here, the absolute bottom line here, and this is the worrying thing: is people on the one hand are worried about the activity of mainland agents in Hong Kong. Well, that keeps that, it alive, doesn't it? That keeps it alive. So people are highly <laughs> suspicious. But what is even more worrying, in some ways, because you think that that the Communist Party would indeed be sending agents over to Hong Kong? That's rather unsurprising. But what I think is much more worrying in some ways is the undermining of the credibility of the police force. I mean, if the police force are seen to be acting in such an overtly political way, in some cases and not in other cases, following up this this thing but not the other thing, you start to doubt the integrity of the Hong Kong police force. Now, that is a body that's built up a reputation admittedly it had a bit of a dodgy reputation before the existence of the ICAC but since then has rebuilt its reputation as a first class police force and this is this is a to my mind is very worrying if now we find the police force has been so politicized that it uses its resources you know targets its resources in matters which are politically beneficial there's a couple of things that spring to mind here one is even you and I know this, you especially, knowing the news cycle in Hong Kong, you know damn well that any time something hits, it will go bang for about a week, yeah. and then it goes away. The other thing is, what about if you're making a boy cry wolf? Discredit the person so that you've got carte blanche to actually do the real thing next time. Well, indeed. Indeed. You know. Purely theoretically. Indeed. indeed. I mean, we, we, I, I, I don't think any reasonable person any longer doubts that those five booksellers were abducted. I mean, it is true that that uh, uh, one of them has made his peace with the comrades and simply says, oh, you know, I decided to take my holidays involving going in a boat, not declaring myself at the customs crossing and various other stories which uh, had pigs flying around all over the ceiling. But, you know, uh, we, we have the testimony of Goi Min Hoi, who who, who 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 just says, "Well, you know, we were taken away. I was locked up in a room, that was that. and I was knocked around until um, you know I was released." So, mm. uh, you know, that actually happened. Oh, of course, this isn't something which is 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 in the realms of fantasy. Mm. I was just thinking that whenever anybody in power wants to discredit somebody else, it's always, you know, Anwar Ibrahim, it's always, he's a loony, it's always, he's... He's He's a sex maniac. ...done something with a aardvark or whatever. There's a lot of that. I know. Stuff that the public will just completely discredit. It's the ageist old thing. Here's Steve, he says, change in police response equals change in CE, question mark. He said, either way, you can't outfill that the police response is politically motivated. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, well, you you, you know, I mean... What do we mean by politically motivated, by the way? It, it serves a political purpose rather than a law and order purpose. I mm. think it's as simple as that. You know, I mean, the idea that you would mobilise this number of people for a very minor crime, it is a minor crime, um, is, I think, at the very least, questionable. So do the pro, you know, the pro-China parts of the place actually stand to gain anything, if we were to say, oh. if, but by, by keeping the thing alive that people are getting lifted? 
Yes, indeed. I mean, first of all, they can say, you know, told you so, all these Democrats have been jumping up and down about abductions and mainland agents, told you it was all a lie, Uh, here's the proof. And then they can say, you know, uh, what credibility, well, I'm not even making this up, I've been reading it, you know, in the ghastly usual weasel press. Um, What credibility do the Democrats now have if they've supported a man who who, 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 who lies about doing this? So the next time it happens, they'll be able to say, oh, well, you remember that Howard Lamb case? There's your crying wolf. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, we're... we're Incidentally, I I didn't use the weasel word if if it happens the next time. I used the word when. Because I do believe that there is now... Uh, a pattern of this mm. do you know th- this is a really lame thing to say but we are only 20 years in to this yeah. supposed 50 yeah. one country two systems no but there's High degree 30 of autonomy. three zero more years till the apparent you know yes midnight hour yes well, nuts isn't it well i think the midnight hour may well um may well come early this year unless unless you know what i'm going to say now unless the ccp becomes a thing of the past and, well, and nobody has a crystal ball nobody and has there's that. A, from what i believe there's some serious serious factional yes. fighting going on yeah. up there i mean the the the, the i mean it, I, actually it's it, Let's just pause and just talk about that. Yeah, please. I mean, there is enormous amount of activity going on in the mainland. Everybody says, oh, well, you know, this is in the lead-up to the party congress in the autumn. I mean, that's true in the sense of that's the symbolic event and, you know, it's a convenient handle to hang it on. But, I mean, what people don't sufficiently focus on Mm. is that this purge of the party... This this enormous power grab by Xi Jinping and the consequences it has for Hong Kong because, of course, there's factions within the mainland authorities who operate in Hong Kong. All of that has actually been going on more or less since the day Xi Jinping took office as the leader of the Communist Party. Mm. And I say that not took office as president. It, the important role he, 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 he occupies is the leading role in the Communist Party. Flawless. 22-11, still in with Steve Vines. Yeah, well, um, I think we'll move away from mysteries to sheer and utter nonsense. Go on. It's a kind of flawless transition. Everybody enjoys it. I I believe it's called a segue. But anyway, whatever it is, we have the announcement this week. It's a sort of half-baked announcement because it's a government announcement. It's not quite clear. But basically, apparently, Carrie Lam's new administration are going to cut taxes... Actually, it's an enormous tax cut for small and medium-sized uh, enterprises from 16% to 10%. These are corporation taxes, obviously, and that will be on earnings below two million bucks a year. Right. So, according to the to the um, you know the, the weasel the weasel area, the reason for this is it's going to stimulate the economy. It's going to boost production. It's going to pour money into investment. Well, let's take these things. First of all, as far as startups are concerned, the whole point about startups is you don't make any money at Bra- the startup brassic. stage. <laughs> so, you know, that the idea that a tax cut is somehow going to benefit startups is Horlicks 101. But then you've got the, the even more bizarre idea that if somehow you put some more money into the pockets of people who run small and medium enterprises. I'm one of them, so I do actually meet these people, unlike perhaps some of the some of the weasel area who write about it. You know what they're going to do? They'll put the money in their pocket, because under <laughs> Hong Kong's other tax laws, 
what happens with dividends is, oh, that's right, they don't get taxed. So if you've made more money and you can put more money in your pocket through dividends, that's what they will do. The idea that any of this goes into these wonderful new technologies and goes into investment, there is, it's not that there's no evidence for it. There's actually only evidence to the contrary. Now, funnily enough, and I looked this up on the interweb, so it must be true. Um, there was last year a paper produced for the um, the Fed in the United States by, by chaps with long names. Uh, looking into this, you know, do, when you make a tax cut, does it really encourage business to, to invest more? Does it create more jobs? Does it do? And they went through the whole process of looking at this. And their evidence was... It probably makes a difference when you increase taxes. That could have a negative impact on jobs and and, and what have you. When you cut it, it makes zero difference. All it does is puts money in the pockets of people who run companies. So, I mean, this is all nonsense, but politicians love to talk about tax cutting. So what's the real reason for this, then? Well, the real reason for it is so they can... Somebody's brother-in-law has a small... Well, there's there's the (laughs) brother-in-law. There is the brother-in-law. Good evening, Mr Wong. Nice to meet you. Um, There is that. No, no, but there is, I think, generally speaking, uh, and there's a lot of ideologues running around going, ooh, cutting taxes, very, very good. Politicians love to cut, cut taxes because it's a cheap way from their point of view, it costs the taxpayer money, but it's a cheap way of of, of saying, oh, I'm very pro-business. You know, oh, my goodness me. I'm more pro-business than, you know, than a turnip. I can absolutely guarantee that. Mm. I mean, if they wanted to help small and medium-sized enterprises, what would they do? They'd do things that, of course, they'll never do in a month of Sundays. They'd cut the amount of red tape people like me have to plough through every single week of the year. They'd do that. They would pay their bills... People don't realise what an enormous scandal there is. In Public bodies are the worst bill payers on the planet. You put in an invoice oh. to a public institution, and if you're a small and medium-sized enterprise, you go straight to the back of the queue. If you get paid within two, three months, you consider yourself very lucky. In other words, small and medium enterprises are loaning money to public bodies. Like what? What kind of thing do you mean? What Anything. Kind of, what kind of bodies? Like Government itself... Hospital authority, I mean, para-government bodies, universities, I, I can give you a list. They are the worst payers on the planet, always. I don't know why If you go to public... Uh, sorry, if you issue an invoice to a private enterprise company, nine times out of ten, they will pay it, unless they're, you know, something a bit dodgy about them. They will pay it. You issue it to government. It is true, eventually they will pay. <laughs> I know this. But, but, but um, in the meantime... So there's this enormous burden on SMEs, or, or, or of government not, you know, not paying their way. And then, of course, I mean, if they really wanted to help, uh, but, I mean, this is, we're going into la-la now. now. Of course, they really wanted to help. They'd address the problem, which is the problem that puts more businesses out of business in Hong Kong than anything else, which is the problem of rent. Mm. Why are rents so high in Hong Kong? Because there's essentially a property cartel. Why is there a property cartel? Because there's a land auction scheme and there's a planning regime which more or less ensures that the cartel remains in place. And guess what happens when you have a cartel? Oh, that's right. Prices are higher. Mm. So, you know, the real things, the real problems that face SMEs are not addressed by having a tax cut on profits. It sounds good, though, this. 
it sounds, you see, it always sounds good. And it enables Carrie Lamb and Paul Chan, the genius financial secretary, who apparently once read a, a balance sheet, to go around going, oh, we're doing everything we can in Hong Kong for business. Whoa, we're cutting taxes for business. My goodness me, you won't find a more pro-business administration than ours. It, I mean, it does sound good. And there's lots of gullible people who go, oh, that's good, they cut taxes. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you were a small business and you said you want to pay 10 instead of 15, they yeah, say, oh, yeah. Of course, then, nice, of course. You. What sane person doesn't want to pay less tax? Mm. But the fact of the matter is, if you really want to do all the things they claim they want to do, you know, encourage enterprise, you know, encourage investment, there are better ways of doing it. But, of course, they're much more difficult, and they involve the bureaucracy itself shifting back sides and, you know, cutting red tape being more efficient respond mm. being more responsive and you know we don't like that in government you know we've got we've got an army of people who are paid to sit there and do very little indeed D- joking aside you may have a point there <laughs> i think i do yeah i think i do i mean i encounter these these uh, monsters on a, on a daily basis and it's not a happy experience all right i'll tell you what let's turn the page so we've got a couple of other things we might look at so the young guys going down for disturbing the peace and all that stuff. yeah i mean we've now got the government appealing against previously made um court decisions about sentencing for for protests um successfully appealing it seems mm in the case of the protests um, about new territories redevelopment. I mean, yet again, if they want to create a martyr class of 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 people 50-50 today to they're jail. really going to do that 50, well 50. Jo- Joshua Wong says he's prepared to go to jail he's mentally prepared to go to jail and uh, uh, um, if I were him I'd be careful what you wish for because yeah. he may well be slammed in jail today I mean what is now happening is that the courts are increasingly being used to impose um, penalties on people who are protesting now it's very interesting that 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 uh, while while they're busy looking up this looking up locking up um, young young people for these civil disturbance offenses they have now released all the policemen on bail who were accused of actually beating up a protester so what happens there well what happens there indeed i don't know i mean good question we don't we're not at the end of that process on bail i mean it's just they're expi- on bail, just because they're, on bail they're, meaning what could happen they could be re- they they could be released and their sentences could be overturned remember they're convicted criminals at the moment assault is a criminal offense mm-hmm. so they are all convicted criminals what's happened is that they have successfully petition to appeal their sentences and the court's taken the view that they have a reasonable chance of success and have therefore released them on bail well let's see what happens with that Hmm. while you know while they're sending all these these young protesters to jail interesting i mean yet again it's uh people use the word slippery and road i Hmm. don't know can I just go back a couple of notches here and just chuck in an email from Ken who says, I'm in the uh, F&B business. He said, this one really needs expanding on, as I can seriously say that landlords are on their way to killing F&B businesses at an alarming rate in Hong Kong without a cap on rent increases. Yeah. So there's a guy in the know. Yeah. yeah. How many restaurants clo- have you seen out, closed, out of business, closed, shutters Enormous. down? Enormous. I mean, it, it is... Um uh, not only, I mean, you see the surface, you see the, I mean, closure is the end point. What you see in the middle of that is people cutting back 
So, I mean, many restaurants now are employing less staff than they really should be because, you know, the costs are just so high of operating. They're struggling to survive. Customers then complain, and it's a vicious circle of, you know, not, not good enough service, customers dissatisfied. Ultimately, the business goes down even further. But the biggest cost... In practically all these enterprises, the biggest uh, cost aside from the, the actual food cost is, is the rent. And this is bonkers. Oh, it's massive. It's bonkers. Yeah. You know, in most, in, in normal places where you operate a restaurant, the two biggest costs are, are, are food and labour. Here, it's food, rent and labour, probably in that order. It's like what in the West they call I'm all right, Jack. I mean, these are Hong Kong people essentially shafting Hong Kong people. Well, they're, they're, there's a very small group of them. I mean, they're a tiny yeah, little no, 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 no. cartel. I mean, yes. land, landlord who yes. owns building yeah. where, where your favourite restaurant is. The one with the Sammy's Kitchen that's got it. And stuff like, let's not all get sentimental about it. Yeah. But this guy's a part of Hong Kong history, as are X, Y, and, you know. Yeah. Well, they're, so they're, these, these, basically, they're all going. why are they doing this? Because they can, and because they just they want can. more checks in their pocket. Yeah. It's, it's simple enough. And when, and, and when people say Hong Kong um, is about greed, they're absolutely right. There is, there is a, 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 um, a correlation between greed and the property market. I don't know if anybody would noticed that before. Let's say hello to Timothy, who says, Why are they still policemen? These guys are convicted, but they're still in the force. I thought it would be a dismissal. I don't know whether they are or they're not, actually. Timothy, thank you. I don't know that either. It's a good point. I mean, normally, if, you you've, can't committed a, if you've committed a criminal offence, you don't retain your job in the police force. But in the 70s, it was a requirement. <laughs> it was in a Hong requ Kong. <laughs> well, you know, that, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a pay-for-play um, <laughs> no, system. But seriously, folks, I don't know yeah. if they are or not. No, I don't know that either. Shall we talk about the, a new list? Go on, then. Um, you've heard of Schindler's List. Yeah. Well, well, there's another one, the Chinois List. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a list that was issued this week to the greater merriment of person kind in which Xinhua, um, New China News Agency, for those who don't know what it is, um, de declared um, that it was the century of Chinese inventions. And they listed four top Chinese inventions that oh, yeah. changed the world. First of all, there was the high-speed rail service uh, invented in Japan. Then there <laughs> was the ePay system. Yes, that's true. But it was invented in the United States of America. Then there was online shopping, which whose origins, uh, oh, that's right, they come from the United Kingdom. And then there's bike-sharing, bizarrely, that they included in this list. Now, bike-sharing has been... Bike-nicking, maybe. Well, <laughs> bike-sharing's been pretty widespread in Europe well before the Chinese uh, got hold of it, particularly in places like Holland. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's equally bizarre that they should produce the list, yeah, that it should be so, I mean, riddled with absolute nonsense what was the point of it where what, well it was you know china is china's going to dominate the world it was one of those china you know shut up everybody else china's in charge so i mean you know i mean we all know about paper and ink apparently was developed in china and now they i can tell you you know what is in that that list the nose picking machine <laughs> 